this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. If you have your Bible, I'd love for you to open it with me to the book of Deuteronomy. I want to go to the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. And I want to begin reading with verse 21 of Deuteronomy chapter 7. I have a teaching today that if it doesn't speak to anybody else, it sure spoke to me. You know, you ever studied for something and you realize that out of your own life and out of your own heart, you think the Lord is speaking to you and it moved me this week in study. Now I want it to... I hope I can get it across like I want to get it across. I've never preached this message before except in the 9 o'clock service. And just believe that this is a fresh word that many of you need to hear at this season in your life. Verse 21, you shall not be terrified of them. For the Lord your God, the great and awesome God is among you. That's, it's pretty powerful because he said, I don't want you terrified. The King James, I think it is, says that our God is great and terrible. It says that in several places. God is great and terrible. What does that mean? That means God's great to us who, who love Him, serve Him. But He's terrible to our adversaries. I like the fact that I don't just serve a great God who, who is great to me. But He's terrible. No weapon formed against us will prosper. He's, he's the terrible one to our adversaries. Watch verse 22. What a profound little verse right here. And the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. Here it is. Little by little. You will not be unable to destroy them. You will be, I should say. You will be unable to destroy them at once. In other words, it's not going to happen instantly. It's going to happen little by little. Catch this, underline it, lest the beast of the field become too numerous for you. Let me keep reading because it feels good. But the Lord your God will deliver them over to you and inflict and defeat upon them until they are destroyed. The last part of the next verse says, No man will be able to stand against you until you have destroyed them. Notice in verse 22 how God's going to do it. Little by little. That's what I want to talk about for just a few moments. Because I believe that there are many people who need to hear and understand what God said to the Israelites. He's saying to you and I today. Number one is this. He said, victory and success to you is no longer in debate. It's going to happen. But what is in debate is the timing. And Psalms 84 and 11 underscores it's not in debate because he said in Psalms 84 and 11, no good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. God will hold no good thing from them. 
God will provide every good thing you need. It's not in question. Victory and success is not a hope so, maybe so. I wonder, God says, I want to get the debate over. I am a God whose very nature is to bless you with victory and success. I want you to win. You're going to win. But God wants you to see how much he loves you so that you will be powerfully favored, supernaturally gifted, and abundantly successful. I'm not afraid of any of those words I just said. As a matter of fact, I want you to speak it if you're not scared of the good part of the Bible. Everybody say, God wants me powerfully favored, supernaturally gifted, and abundantly successful in Jesus' name. Shout about it just a minute and I'll keep moving. That's good news. Now let me balance it out. Now, that's the good news, but it needs a little balance. And here comes the balance. The balance is this. The progress to your promised land may not be at the rate and at the speed that you think it should be. Have you ever felt like that you knew that you were headed somewhere that God had promised it? And yet, the progress, the success, the advancement... Felt like it was going way too slow? Have you ever felt like I felt when I was a little child when mom and dad would buy for us a little mini bike or a goat cart and they put something on it called a governor? Does anybody know what what I'm talking about? Now, if it didn't have a governor on it, you'd mash the pedal and somebody bigger than me could get on it. My brothers could get on it and zoom it's gone. But when they would let me ride it, they would have a governor on it that no matter how much I slammed my foot almost through the floor, it would only go so fast. It's not fair. I thought to myself, I'm screaming faster, faster, faster. They were going quick. They were going fast. And comparatively, I'm going so slow. And it's like God had a, sometimes you feel that way. It's like God has a governor on your, on your bike or your little car. And here all these people that are no, and in my mind, I'm just as smart as they are. I'm just as talented as they are. I could handle all that power behind the wheel just as good as they could. Why would my mean mama and daddy put a governor on my joy? It just doesn't seem to move quick enough. But I'm here today to defeat doubt. I'm here today to conquer confusion. Many of you have irritation, agitation, and frustration as to why am I not there yet? Why doesn't it grow quicker? Why won't God give me instantaneous success? What is the inhibitor? What is the problem? Why can't I seem to go as fast as other people are going? And I'm going to answer your question because God's word gave the answer in the text I read. The issue is not a what, 
The issue is a who. The answer is God. God is the one who has slowed you down. Because God loves you for who you are, not what you do. God's not going to love you more when you do something big than he loves you right now doing what you're doing. I learned and I had to learn that when the church grew from 300 people to 500 people, this came as a revelation to me. God didn't love me any more than he did when we had 300 people. And when we grew from 500 to 1,000, he didn't love me anymore. And when we grew from 1,000 to 5,000, he didn't love me anymore. But what happened is I began to get in love with all that and more busier and busier and busier. And all of a sudden, I'm giving him less time and I'm giving this more time. So God has to put a governor on our success sometimes and say, let's slow down and let's go back to what made you great. It's not your talent. It's not your gifting. It's not your ability. I'll bless you in accordance to how you lean on me and you connect to me. What we want to do should always be overshadowed by who we want to be. I want to be like Jesus more than I want to do something great. In Luke 10 and verse 20, the Bible said the disciples came back and they, they were rejoicing. They said, we're not even the demons subject unto us. And Jesus said, rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. I don't want you rejoicing over what you are doing. I want you rejoicing over the fact that I, through my blood and my love for you, have saved you. And who you are is more important than what you do. Matthew 7, reads like a revival dream list for a preacher. It says, did not we prophesy in your name, cast out devils in your name, do many mighty works in your name. And then the dream turns to a nightmare when Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. Now they did some pretty amazing things for him, but they weren't in relationship with him. Relationship should supersede what you do. So many times we want what we do to be the biggest and fastest and greatest and who we are and who we're in relationship with is totally neglected. We want to do what we want to do should be overshadowed by what we want to be. And what I'm saying to you is really illustrated in the fact that in 1 Samuel 3 and verse 1, the Bible said in the child Samuel, watch this, ministered unto the Lord. But six verses later in verse 7, it says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. So he's in the, he's in the ministry, he's on the praise team, he's singing, and he's ministering to the Lord, doing things, doing work doing things, but he's not in close relationship with the Lord. Our greatest blessing is not our gifting. Our our greatest blessing is not our talent. It's not what we can do, but it's simply to know him and to be known by him. That is the greatest blessing. Now listen carefully. This is why I'm saying this. It's possible That you can get what you want at the expense of losing what you need. And God knows that. 
God knows that it's possible to get what you want. And I've seen it happen to so many people. It happens to athletes. It happens to people who, who find great success in business. It happens to people who achieve their dreams and their goals and they pursue them and start climbing the ladder. And it's possible to get what you want and lose what you need. That's why Deuteronomy 7.21 said, The Lord your God will put out all those nations before you. Hallelujah. You're going to get it. It's going to happen. But then comes the words nobody wants to hear. Little by little. You will not consume it. You will not have it instantly. I'm going to try you as by fire. I'm going to purify your motive. I'm going to sanctify your dream. When you get there, the dream won't be the thing. Jesus will be the thing. And you'll be like Moses. If you're not with me, I don't want to go. I don't care how big the opportunity. I don't care how big the lights. If you're not with me. See, when you the, the crazy thing is when you lose your life, you gain it. And now... Now that I'm at a place in my life, you know how long it's taken us to get here? 29 years I've been here. She was right when she said, you were a young man uh, when you became my pastor. And now look at me. (laughs) And stuff now, honestly, it just keeps coming more and more and more. And I have to say, no, no. My biggest thing now is no, no, no. Give me wisdom to say no, 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 no. So I can say yes to the right thing. But, but it wasn't like that. There were days when, are we going to ever grow? Are we going to ever do any? Are we going to ever have a breakthrough? Will we ever have enough resources? Will we ever stop the struggle? It's little by little, not instant. And that's because that's God's deliberate about it. And I'm going to tell you why in a moment. God said, I'll give you the land. Nothing's going to stop it. You will conquer them, but it will be little by little. Why? Lest the beast of the field devour you. God said, I want you to understand, listen, let this sink in. Victory and success will undeniably be yours if you will follow the Lord. But it will not be instantaneous success. There's unrest. There's frustration. There's agitation in hundreds of you, thousands of you listening to me right now. Because it's not going fast enough according to your plan. I'm going to tell you why it hasn't happened yet. There is a God who loves you so much that he knows that if he gave you instantaneous success, listen, all at once you would be consumed, catch it, by the beast. He knows that the higher you go up, you get the attention of the beast. 
And there's always on a person that God elevates the release of the beast. Because the higher you go up while you're down here with everybody, you can hide. Your gift can hide. But when God starts elevating you, it means two things. You're uncovered. You're standing out and suddenly the beast notices you. And when the beast notices you, he targets you. And if you're not ready for the attack, the beast will consume everything that you started out to do. It will be consumed. And how many people have we seen who who begin to blow up, whether it's in Hollywood or musical talent in the church that, that they had and developed. And then they went big time. And it's not the big time is the problem. It's the fact that they haven't walked with God long enough, little by little, that when you get there, it's not your God. He's my God. And you say, oh, I could handle it. I could handle it. But how many athletes have we seen? When they, How many people have we seen? It's the spirit of the world. It's the spirit of the beast. And you can't fight that with natural inclinations. God loves what you are more than what you do. Mm. That means he loves you right now like you were on top of the world and had done everything you've ever aspired to do. Now that ought to warm your heart. Let's just take a moment and say thank you for loving me just like I am. Not for what I do, but for who I am. Wow, that set me free. That set me free. We don't even know who's, oh, he's so successful. She's so successful. We really don't know who's successful. We really won't know until a few hours after the rapture. (laughs) And if you're left here with all your stuff, you were not successful. But when the trumpet blows and you and your family go up, you are successful. I'll take my little by little. I don't, want, I don't want God to bless me out of the church. I have seen too many people get blessed out of the church. Started out in the church with nothing, struggling. Oh God, I got a dream. Please help me. Please help me. And God began to bless them and God began to bless them and God began to bless them. And it got blessed right out of the church. <laughs> And now they're at the lake. Now they're at the beach. Every weekend, they're blessed right out of the Bible. Don't read it anymore. Blessed right out of the prayer place. Prayer place. Blessed right out of serving. Blessed right out of the body of Christ. They don't ever need to come to church because I'm so me. And I, it's egotism. It's, it's centered on you, your life. And the rules don't count. And you don't need church anymore because you make the big bucks. And it's possible to be blessed right out of church. That's why I say he'll withhold no good thing. So if the Lord's withheld it, it meant it wasn't either time, either it wasn't good for you or it wasn't time. And he's got to develop you a little bit before the beast is released and comes with pride and ego and tries to take away and consume God's purpose for that platform. Clap your hands and say, yes, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. So I want to say it like this. All you young people, listen to me. You got big dreams. The question is not, can God handle it? And can God make it happen? And can God, God could flip a switch spiritually and, and tomorrow you could be discovered. <laughs> tomorrow you could get 
full ride scholarship. Tomorrow, you know, why, why didn't he just flip a script here and, and instead of us going through hell and, I mean, fighting with banks and going through stuff and, and church splits and people mad and all, all that, all that to get to here. Why didn't we just boom here? Because then you'd have another preacher crash and burn. Have a lot of you do the same. So God says, let me let you walk through the valley. Let me let you walk through some some humbling situations. Let me teach you how bad you need to stay on your knees. Let me teach you that in the good times you praise, in the bad times you praise, in the good times you go to church, in the bad times you, you read that book when you're on top of the world and you read that book when nothing's going right and everything's the reverse of what God told you. And when you go little by little, when you get that, and the beast comes at you, you say, greater is he that is in me than he that I can rebuke the devourer for your sake, Jesus said. When you've you've walked with him, little by little. And God's watching you, little by little. This ministry didn't start for me when I came to Free Chapel. It started when I was a teenager. And when I paid my tithes on my part-time job, little by little, God said, hmm, I can trust him. And, and, and then, and then when, when, when girls came, and they did, girls came after me in college. And, and one of them particularly that played the clarinet, amen, in the band, uh, she, she, she was pretty too. But, and, and the devil said, you don't, you don't have to live holy. But something in me said, mm, nah, I'm, nah, I'm going to wait on my wife. I, I know God's got one out there. And the one God had for me was a whole lot better than that thing. I'm just telling you, a whole lot better, a whole lot better. But see, I, it's little by little. It's a, now, oh, oh, I can trust you now. I can trust you with responsibility. I can trust you with, I can trust you with character. I can trust you in the dark and in the light. I can trust you on the stage. I can trust you on Monday when nobody's watching. It's little by little. It's little by little. Same thing with money. Little by little. You can't, God can't trust you to tithe on $300 a week. Why would he give you $300,000 a year? It's little by little. Everything with the kingdom is little by little. Old Bishop Tenney used to say, it's never far from glory to goofy. Isn't that good? I believe God is surveying the thousands of people that I'm preaching to at every campus right here in this room and by television and internet. And he's saying, I would love to give some of, some of my glory on your business and on your dream and on your calling and on your gifts. If I gave you glory, would you go goofy? Would you start getting crazy and acting like you're better than people and too good to holier than thou? Or it's amazing how we go from glory to goofy just like that. Had nothing and God blesses you and now you ain't got time to come to church because you've got to go do this and do that and another this and another that. You've gone from glory to goofy, goofy. 
Just telling you the truth. I love you enough to tell you the truth. If failure and defeat has slain its thousands, instant success has slain its tens of thousands. And you can drop, God can drop success on you. The question is, can you, can you handle the glory and not go goofy? God would blow your mind. Tell somebody beside you, God would blow your mind with his glory. If you wouldn't go goofy. Some of you young people, if you wouldn't go goofy, God would bless you beyond anything you can imagine. But you have to love the Lord your God with all of your mind, all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength. He can do it. So every once in a while, God loves you so much. He says, let's put a, let's put a governor on them. Let's slow them down. Cause if he gets there overnight, I'm just telling you, it's about his name. It's about his fame or her fame, not my name. God could do great things for you. If you wouldn't go from glory to goofy. If you're like me, I, 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 Sharice said, why don't you ever calm down? Like, you know, chill about growth. And I don't know why. It's just how I'm wired. I don't like it. I wish I could. I keep thinking I'm going to change. I'm 56. I'm ready to semi-retire or something. Slow down, but not really. Never. <laughs> but, but, but I'm never satisfied. If I get 5,000, something in me just says, where's 10,000? You know, when we, when, we had, when we were in the old church, we, we had the balcony and sections of the balcony. I could, <laughs> I could never see all the people that were there. All, all my mind would do is see the empty section. The whole time I'm preaching. It's the craziest thing. I'm, I always want more. And the Lord's not afraid of giving you more. The only lid on your success is how much praise and glory you'll give back to God. So pastor, why is it taking so long? Because God cares more about what you are than what you do. And I want to teach you something very important right here. Who you are really matters because I don't believe God blesses churches because of a church. God blesses ministries and the church is in blessed in proportion to the ministry that stands here. Which means God's blessing starts at the head starting with Jesus and the oil flowed down Aaron's head to the whole body. It was actually Goliath that got an amazing revelation. The giant Goliath. When, he's, when they set the battle in array. Army against army. The army of Israel against the army of Philistines. And, and Goliath stepped up and said. No, 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 no. We're not going to fight like that. Watch this now. This is a revelation. He said no. 
It's not going to be army against army. He said, I'm a champion for my people. And I want you Israelites to send out a champion from your people. And whichever champion wins the battle, their people will serve that champion. If I win then you have to serve me and my people. If, if, if your champion wins, then my people, the Philistines, will serve you. Whatever happens to your champion happens to your people. If, if the enemy can defeat your champion, does that kind of give you a burden to pray for leadership? And this is the same, not just for a church, but for business. For a family, if the champions, the mom and the dad are losing the battle, then the children are going to lose the battle. If the businessman or the owner is losing the battle, the champion loses, the whole place suffers. That's why we must pray for our leaders. And that's why leaders have to understand there's a different... There's a different qualification. We love everybody. You can come here. You can be involved. But if you're in leadership, there's a different qualification. Don't ask the church to fast if you don't. Don't ask the church to tithe if you don't. Don't ask the church to praise if you don't. Don't ask the church to live holy if you don't. This is not about army to army. It's about champion to champion. Second Chronicles 26 and verse 15 says this, and his name was spread abroad. He became famous for he was marvelously helped. Listen to these words until he became strong. This is the story of so many people. They become famous because God marvelously helps them. God marvelously blesses them. The fame was not from hell. It came from God. But when he became strong, the next verse says, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his own destruction. The beast was released. And when the beast got released, he couldn't handle it. So if God has you on a slower pace, it's to prepare you for what he's taking you to. So that when you get there, it won't be about this. It'll just be stuff. It'll just be another thing that I do for the king. But the king is the focus. The king is my everything. The king, not the dream, is the most important thing in my life. Here's how you do it. The Song of Solomon 8 in verse 5 says, Who is this coming out of the wilderness? Here's the key. Leaning on his beloved. You can't lean on your own intelligence. You can't lean on your personality. You can't lean on your talents. You've got to lean on him. I'll give you victory. I'll give you success. But not at once. Because you will be highly exposed. You will be highly exposed to the beast. When I let you enter into the promise, you will get the attention of a demonic evil spirit. Now, let me tell you what that beast is. I want to to put my foot on his neck. What beast do you get exposed to when you get success? The beast of pride, the beast of conceit, 
the beast of arrogance, the beast of self-reliance, the beast of independence from God and the body of Christ. When you're too blessed to come to church, you've been blessed right out of the church. Elitism begins to register. Egotism begins to dominate. You're no longer a servant. If you're going to be gifted, if you're going to be powerful, if you're going, please hear this preacher. If you're going to be productive and successful, you must hide behind the cross. I'm not going to give it all to you at once. If I do, the beast will devour you. Not me. It couldn't happen to me. How many people have said that? How many ministers have said that? How many ministries have said that? How many stars have said that? How many good people? The higher men and women elevate, the less covering you have, the greater of target you become to the beast. And I want to close with this little thought that some of you are just like the story of the prodigal son. You're the angry elder brother. Because you've seen people pass you by. Remember, remember the younger son wanted instant success. Give me my inheritance now. I ain't waiting on nothing. No little by little for me. Give it to me, daddy. Give it to me, father. See it? And the father says, okay. A gift is a gift. The gift and the calling of God is without repentance. I love you. This is not your best. Your best is to let's do this little by little. Because you're not ready to handle it. You're going to, the beast, where's he going? The pigs. The beast are going to devour everything good in your life because you can't fight this in the natural. You need supernatural protection, son, where you're going. No, I won't mind. Boom, instant success. Wow. Talk of the town. The younger brother. The older brother stays home and he's angry. He feels overlooked. Does it pay to serve God? Look how much fun he's having. Look, look how much attention he's having. I'm living right. Can't, ain't had a date in six, six months. Lonely. They go out every weekend. Living it up. Seemingly no ramifications. Seemingly. Angry with the father. This elder brother gets angry with the father. Some of you, if you, were to, if you were to tell the truth, you're a little bit irritated at him. No good thing he'll withhold. He's held, withheld a lot from me. Here's my point. It's a loving father. A father that has your best interest that holds you back. More than what you do is what you are. And, and he loves you now just as much as he would love you if you did all that stuff. But he would rather you let him give it to you little by little as your life becomes his life. Then he'll get the glory, not you. Your father has not forgotten you. He's just trying to save you. The beast will appear as soon as you get there, so you better be ready. And the only way to do that, here it is, leaning on your beloved.
The question is not, can God handle it? The question is, if God were to give you everything deep in your heart, you know you were put on this earth to be and do. Could you handle it? And are you content enough and committed enough and submitted enough to Jesus Christ to say, Lord, thank you that I'm on my way to the promised land. And I don't have to have instantaneous success, but I'll take little by little as long as I've got you. I don't want to get it. I don't want to gain what I want and lose what I need. I need you. (laughs) How long has it been since you said I need you? How long has it been since you got before God and just said, Lord, cleanse me and purify my motives. And here's my dream again. I lay it on the altar and I raise the knife and hey, if you want me to kill it, it can die. I want your will. See, some of you don't think you can trust him like that, but you can trust him like that. Because the strange thing is, when you do trust him like that, stuff, so much stuff comes that you don't know what to do with it. But then you do because you're leaning on him. You say, I only want to go where you will go with me. I have no desire to be there unless you go with me. Your presence must go with me. Could, could God give you glory today and you not go goofy? Really? Could he? Because he's going he's gonna to find people because he's got to get stuff done and he's going to find vessels that he can trust to turn around and lean on him more that when they have been marvelously helped, they don't trust in their strength, but they turn around and they say, I lean back on the one who gave it all. And I am not ashamed of his superiority in my life. He is my everything. Stand up on your feet at every campus, right where you are, and overflow wherever you are. Can you raise your hands high all over this room? No one leaving, please, just reverently. In an act of submission, just raise your hand and say, Lord Jesus, I totally, again, lay my life, my success, my Material things, everything is secondary to you, Lord Jesus. The only real measure of success is when the trumpet sounds. Just stand there a moment and worship Him. Everybody, just take a moment. Open your mouth. and We're that kind of church. I'm sorry if you're visiting, but we, 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 we're not ashamed to open our mouth and praise. Talk to God a minute. Just lift your hands. I sense He's doing a real, real work. You're not here by accident, friend. You're not here by chance. God wanted you to hear this because He wants to deposit some glory in your life. But He needs to know that you'll be... A, you won't, if, if He sets you free, some of you guys in programs and some of you ladies in our, in our addiction programs, God's going to get you there. But you need to walk little 
by little. You don't need to quit. You don't need to get out of the program. You don't need to do it instantly. Instantly I'm free. No, you need the whole process of your mind renewed, your body clean, your mind clean, your spirit clean. So stay right where God's got you as uncomfortable as it is. He's doing it. He's bringing you into freedom little by little. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.